Hey, um, number one, I just want to give honor and um, express my gratitude to every superhero or volunteer that got up this morning to set this place up. Um, just thank you so much. It's extremely cold outside. And um, yeah, thank you. You guys are, are phenomenal. Um, only thing I did was I packed the uh, two lamps back in the, in the refresh station into our uh, trunk. And yeah, I care for our boys, but man, my fingertips were freezing. So thank you all so much um, for, for your service. Hey, we are in week two of, uh, re those are extremely bright. I'm, I'm going to complain again about something. You remember last week it was heat. This week it's these lights. Um, yeah, we're in week two of Remain. Uh, we are about eight days into our 21-day fast. How are you doing? You doing pretty good out there? Good, 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 good. How's that uh, 5.30 a.m. prayer call going for you? Is that good? Good? All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, we, we got about 50 or 60 of you out there who are um, just chiming in every single morning, 5.30 a.m. You are stretching, and I pray that God is moving. Um, but thank you all. It's, it's been fun. Uh, we're in week two of a series called Remain, and uh, we're going to continue in John 15. Uh, today, I want to bring a message to you entitled, A Formula for Progress. A Formula for Progress. I know last week we did a formula for success, but today I want to talk about progress, progress, progress. You know, there's not a person in this room that doesn't want to uh, uh, become better or grow. Um, there's not a person in this church that doesn't want to um, mature. At least I would hope so. If you're normal, you want to you want to become better. You, you want to be more effective, uh, experience more freedom. Um, experience, purpose, and, and all that good stuff. Um, progress, progress, progress. We're going to talk about progress uh, today. The whole thesis of the Remain series is that, being that it's the new year, we love to set New Year's resolutions. And they say by January the 14th, 82% of people that set new goals or new resolutions will have failed at reaching those goals. Um, so only 8% make it by the end of the year. Um, I would say I'm guilty of being a part of the 92%. Um, but uh, this is my thought. As I read the word of God, my thought is this. Maybe transformation doesn't start with renewal. Maybe it's not a new idea or a new place or a new diet or a new gymnasium. I mean, uh, all those things uh, have an effect of some sort if you can stick to them, but maybe true transformation where it matters most in the heart, in our souls, maybe true growth and newness comes from remaining in what is right. Maybe it comes from remaining in what is right. And they say that uh, millennials, we are known to stay on a job anywhere between 12 to 18 months we switch jobs. And there is no way that we can think that we're going to succeed being so antsy and changing all the time. We have to stick to certain things. I remember when we moved here, we moved here with nine individuals. Um, one from Williston, North Dakota. Show of hands, have you ever heard of Williston, North Dakota? Right, 
Um, one from uh, Long Island, New York, and the others of us from Florida. And so we all converged here in Gaithersburg, nine people uh, with a U-Haul van, um, 21 Ikea chairs, and we rented out a small room in the activity center uh, off of North Frederick, and uh, we had what were called interest meetings. And so we, uh, we shot some videos in front of the activity center. We put it on Instagram. We said, come on out. We're starting a new church. And that first interest meeting, five people showed up, um, two of which are still here today. That was, um, that was June of 2016. And now we are a church, and we're pushing 200, and we're 14 months old. But it's, it's been progress. It's been progress. Um, but you, you, can't, you can't experience success unless you're willing to remain in what's right when it's wrong and when it's tough and when it's hard. When singleness is tough, it's not the time to, to compromise. It's the time to trust God for what he has for you. So it's certainly uh, exciting to see you this morning and I pray that if you haven't joined us yet on this fast, that uh, you will. And um, a formula for progress. Hey, join me in John 15, verse 5. John 15, 5, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He is about to die soon, be put up on a cross for the sins of the world. And uh, after that, he's going to resurrect on the third day. He's going to come back and chill for about a month and a half, and then God's going to take him to heaven where he sits now on the right hand of God. Jesus is alive, and it's a, it's a glorious thing to know. But he, he tells his disciples this. He says, now I'm going to leave, and you have a calling to fulfill. There are people that need to hear about me. And so in order for you to be successful in what it is I care about the most— this is what I need you to do. So God gave us this commission. God in a bod, God in the flesh gave us this commission when he was upon the earth. He says this, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. This next part is going to trip, trip me up. It's been tripping me up for 11 years. And I've been putting in a lot of study with it. And uh, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So watch what he says. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Watch this next part. This is, I, I used to get offended by this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He, he's categorizing some things right now. So we, in life, we, we all got lives. We all have different parts of our lives, but he's saying that there's something that matters to me and everything else really doesn't matter all that much. And we're, we're going to define those things in a, in a minute. I, I used to, because I'm like, God, I'm, I'm a pretty awesome guy. I've been doing some phenomenal things with my life. He says, that really doesn't matter. I love you, but I don't necessarily care about that. And so we're going we're gonna to continue. Any uh, uh, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. All right, that's very encouraging, Jesus. All right, well, 
we gotta, you know, let's think about preaching the word of God. You can't like skip around. You gotta, you gotta stick with it all, man. If it talks about, you know, fornication, if it talks about drugs, if it, if it talks about drinking, you gotta hit it all. If it talks about, you gotta hit it all. I think a formula for success, the first part we wanna talk about this morning is tap into your God-given potential. God is calling you to tap into your God-given potential. I'm commissioning each of you to take out pens and or uh, uh, phones, and I want you all to write notes today, and I want you to review these notes. And before we go any further in this message, y'all know I always got something up my sleeve. Man, do you, hey, let me tell you something. Y'all need to get excited about your church. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give it up. I have no idea why this is relevant to the word of God, but let's give it up for Cesar Mendoza right here, everybody. This is what it's about, man. Cesar has the, uh, the parable of the penny. I'll let you preach it one day. <laughs> Everyone's laughing because... <laughs> If you know about the, oh, wow, I thought this thing was not smooth. It is, it's, it's done well, man. Thank you so much. He, uh, he broke some copyright laws, and he got it off Google and blew it up and cut around it and stuff. And uh, thank you so much, Cesar. Hey, you ought to be really excited about what God is doing in your city. There are a lot of churches doing great things, but if your life has been changed here, you ought to uh, show some tangible appreciation often. (laughs) All right, that's enough hard stuff. Anyway, what was I saying? Tap into your God-given potential. Um, You know, leadership is much more than, um, um, leadership is much more than telling people what to do, where to go, and and how to do something. Um, One big aspect of leadership is seeing an individual and seeing who they can become and where they are going and then speaking into that potential consistently and so um i remember when i first saw my wife um i saw a hot hot girl she was she was extremely attractive but more so than that as i got to know her um came to find out she had a lot of influence over her friends and so I saw someone that if God could get her hands, his hands on her, she would lead lots of people one day. So very early on in our relationship, I began to speak into her leadership potential. Um, Christopher Condrogiannis, he's our creative director. And uh, I met him. He was working security at our old church. He was like 21 years old. Uh, but after sitting down with him for a few, few, uh, few times, I recognized that. As long as he put his mind to it, his focus and his heart and his concentration to it, Chris can do anything that he so pleases. That's how God has built him. So I began to speak that into his life. Chris, you can do anything. You can lead people. You can change the world. You can impact the world. I began to speak into his potential. Uh, We have Chow Tran here, our Connections Director. Let's show him some love, everybody. If you've been here for any length of time, you've probably gotten a phone call from him. And I remember when I first met him, God revealed to me 
worldwide global leadership. Meaning, I believe that one day Chow's going to be traveling the world and speaking into organizations and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ all across the world. And one thing you have to have as a person, as a follower of Jesus, is you have to have an eye for the potential that's on the inside of others. We have to, we have to get beyond the myopic sense in which life is just about me. God can use you if you're willing to open up your mouth and open up your heart and speak into what he's placed on the inside of others. And so that's, that's what I saw. And, and so this is what Jesus saw in his disciples. And because of that, he encouraged them to abide in him. Jesus loves us. Yes, he, he lived a perfect life and he fulfilled Moses' law and he died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave and he left death in the grave so that when we die and when he comes back, we can resurrect with him and be with him in New Jerusalem and the, and the new heaven, the new earth and live forever with him. Yes, he did all of that. But, but the word agape is one of the Greek words for love. There are four different ways you can define love. Agape is one of them. And agape is defined as unconditional love. Unconditional. No matter who you are or what you've done or where you are in life, God simply loves you and he cares and he's there. But one of the secondary or tertiary definitions of agape love is to care for someone in a sense that you want what is best for them. So when I see somebody, I don't just love you with an affectionate love, but I want to become a part of your life to the point where I want you to become everything that God has placed on the inside of you. And so if you, if you would read the Gospels, if you would read Jesus, and if you're a new believer, if you're a non-believer, I don't know where you are in your faith, um, if, if, I don't, I don't, if you're a seasoned believer, always there are seasons where you always start with Jesus. There are 66 books in the Bible. Every book reveals the Christ. Always start with Jesus. Don't start in Revelation. Don't start in Leviticus. Don't start in Romans. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You need to know this man, Jesus. Now, if you ever read Christ and his leadership uh, uh, um, approach, you'll see where Christ was always talking to the person that you are becoming, never to the person that you are. That went over about 50 of y'all says. I'm going to say it again. Jesus always speaks to the person you are becoming, never to the person that you are. Because the person you are is where you are. The person you are is currently who you are. But if he's placed on the inside of you that one day you're going to be a phenomenal mother, he's going to stretch you beyond the place where you currently are. He's going to challenge you at work. He's going to challenge you at church. He's going to challenge you on the highways and byways. He's going to challenge you in your relationships. If you're going to be a great CEO or a founder or an author or or if you're going to be a great scientist one day, if you're going to be a person of influence, he always speaks to who you are becoming, not who you are. There is potential, God-given potential on the inside of each person in this room. 
And someone that truly loves you won't care about how your week went. They're going to ask you, what are your plans for the next year? Someone who really loves you and cares about your future, they won't care about your complaining at work. They're going to ask you, so what are you, you doing to grow past those complaints and to step into everything that God has for you? Jesus always spoke. So what did he say here? He used some tough words. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. This tells me that you were created to be effective. You were created to succeed. You were created to, to prosper. You were created to flourish. And then he uses tough language. But if you don't bear fruit, the only thing you're good for is the fire. If you don't bear fruit, you're a useless branch. You wither, you're gathered, and you're thrown into the fire. Sticks. Sticks. Sticks are ultimately um, botanical items that are detached and dead from the source of its, of its existence. Sticks. And, you know, I love sticks. I'm a boy. Not to say anything about my girls who came up back in the day, but you can use sticks for a lot of different things. You can, you can play some baseball, some ungod, some sword. You can, we used to do all that, some all that good stuff. You can you can draw in the um, in the uh, in the dirt, and uh, you know you can you can do all that great stuff. I, I remember uh, we used to play uh, cowboys and Indians and use sticks as fake guns. You can, you can break them, and you can just you can just do all things with sticks. Um, synonymously to life. You can be doing a lot of things, earning degrees and uh, going here and there on that vacation and in and out of dating this person and um, making all this money and having all these goals for your financial portfolio. Um, all that's awesome. It's not bad within itself, but you can do all those things. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you've tapped into your God-given potential. And you can actually succeed in being financially free, um, um, having a lot of influence, um, being current in your fashion, um, being, being popular, having great status, having a million followers on Instagram. But it does not mean that you've tapped into your God-given potential. Because God, there we go. Don't leave her, don't leave her hanging. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Because God-given potential is bigger than you. When you've tapped into your God-given potential, you've tapped into a pursuit of life that doesn't just involve your success. It doesn't just involve the, the goodwill of your kids or of your immediate family. It involves the goodwill of all people and everyone that you come into connection with. 
So a lot of us in here, we want to pay the bills, we want to be successful, we want to be happy in a relationship. All that stuff has nothing or very little to do with what God wants to do in your life. Because what you're saying is, is that I'm going to replace what God has called me to do. I'm going to focus on me. And at that point, you are compromising your God-given potential. I mean, I'm going to take a hard, sharp, right turn right now. And this, don't think I'm spooky. I want my funeral to be big. Like, I want thousands of people to be there. Like, I want a lot of people to be at my funeral. Um, and guess what? Les Brown says this. He says, he's a great author, great speaker. He says that many books, many movies, many speeches, many cures for diseases are currently in the grave right now. Because certain people did not have the fortitude or the stick to to believe that God could actually use them in a great way. I want my funeral to be big, but before I even get to the people and the kinds of people that are going to be at my funeral, I just want to let you know this. If there's any ounce of encouragement, any ounce of love, if there's any ounce of vision or dreams that God has placed on the inside of me, I want to leave them here on earth before I get to the grave. I don't want to leave any untapped potential in me when I go to glory. And you have God-given potential, and you have to tap it. It's this year that some of you are going to break the addiction demon of alcohol, but you got to tap it during this fast. Some of you are going to break laziness this year. you got to tap it during this 21-day fast. Tap into it. Some of you have many dreams about one day owning your own business, starting your own organization or nonprofit foundation or, or whatever it is. You know what? Every day you're going to have to tap it by sitting down and writing it out and making the phone calls and, 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 and even seeing the finances that you don't have now, but you need to write it out and believe in it. You have to tap it. Let me give you a little pro tip here. Your vision should always be bigger than your wallet. so that somebody that has more than you do would finance your vision. You always should have more vision than you do resource. Well, I can't go to school because I'm going to go into debt. What does it matter? When you get out of school, you'll be able to pay it off. Untapped potential. And the reason why I want my funeral to be big is because I want there to be a lot of people there that they know that they're there at my funeral because I came to a point in my life where I unlocked my God-given potential, and it released them to unlock their God-given potential. And I want them to always say, hey, the reason I'm here at Pastor Redding's or Josh's or Mr. Redding's funeral is because had it not been for him, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have unlocked everything that God put on the inside of me. And so when Jesus talks about fruit, he's talking about how a branch is not supposed to end up as a dead, detached stick. But a branch is supposed to produce fruit 
that others can eat off of and benefit from. And you must tap into your God-given potential every, every day. You have to be intentional about this. Entrepreneurs, stay-at-home parents, teachers, health professionals, mechanics, secretaries, administration. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a microphone. You, you can be anybody, any Joe Schmo out there, and you can unlock the potential of others as you remain in Jesus. God is calling you to unlock the potential of others in 2018. If you are going to progress and if you are going to grow, you got to get outside of yourself and you got to start thinking about others and the responsibility that you have to become the best person that you can because others' lives depend on it. So you can unlock the potential of others as you remain in Jesus. As you remain in him. As you remain in him. Uh, John 15 verse 7 says this. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you... Oh, boy, here we go. Another one that messed me up. Because, Lord, I'm like, can I get a Lamborghini? <laughs> no, I don't really want a Lamborghini. As a matter of fact, the only thing I really want ever is a fully loaded, brand-new Nissan Maxima. So, like, whenever I can renew it, I'll renew it, you know. So, uh, so don't judge me. I don't want a Lamborghini. Anyways, all right. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. This is crazy. This is God. Saying that you can ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Anyone uh, order the same thing at every restaurant that you go to? Show of hands. Same thing. Oh, yes. Yes, we're in this thing together. Um, any of you love to try something brand new every time you go? Mm. <laughs> All right. We wouldn't have fun on a one-on-one. <laughs> but um, I'm going to tell you right now, if it's American cuisine, I'm looking for one thing, a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm talking about that during the fast. Um, <laughs> if, it's, uh, if it's Italian, Chicken Alfredo or spaghetti and meatballs. Um, the same thing, man. If it's, if it's Cheesecake Factory, red velvet cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. I may try the chicken carbonara for something different. But at any rate, um, God built me that way. He built me that way. Psalm 139 says this. It says that you were intricately woven in your mother's womb. He put every part of you together. My point number two is this. Seek what God wants for you and ask for it. If you're going to progress, always seek what God wants for you and ask for it. And when you receive it, you're going to keep going. So he, he built us like this. He knows us in and out. He know He knew that. The older I got, I would want the same thing at every restaurant I went to. I mean, he, he knows this about me. He, he knew the kind of 
woman I would like to marry. He, he understood the kind of clothes that I would like. He, he knows the kind of weather that you prefer. He, he built you, every intricate part of you. God knows what you want. Watch this. I'm really going to help you out. I, this is my favorite point, especially when I get to the illustration. He knows what you want more than you know what you want. And he knows what you need more than you know what you need. And I started to build my life on this truth when I was 19 years old. And he's never failed me. It's like, uh, it's, it's like um, when you go out to eat with your parents when you were younger, and they knew what you would like to eat most of the time. They knew it. And they said, son or daughter, try it out. And you not want to try it, but finally you tried it, and you loved it. God is just like that. He knows exactly what you want. And during a fast, during a fast, I probably sent you the wrong verse. Psalm 34, verse 7 says, Psalms 37, verse 4, I'm sorry, says this. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Psalms 37, verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. During a 21-day fast, we talked about this last week, it's essential that you find a space in your day to read the Word of God. Thank you. To read the Word of God. Find a space in your day. Read God's Word. And just lavish in it and enjoy it, and take delight in it, so, such as that verse 7 there. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. And, and, and so Psalm 1 teaches us to meditate on it, murmur it. Remain in me. Remain in his word. And anything I ask, it will be granted. Remain. Like, you, you got to take delight in that, and you got to say, man, God actually wants to give me great things. He actually wants to bless me. He, no, oh, man, this is phenomenal. He wants me to ask, and he wants me to ask extravagantly. But the key is, is this. Do you see Psalms 37? Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you what you desire you desire the lord and and as you're fasting and you're filling yourself up with the word of god what you're doing spiritually is you're feeding your soul and we just know this by basic science that anything that goes in must come out right so when i'm reading the word of god it's it's essential that i don't just read it from a from a, uh, a a primitive a primary standpoint that I intake it, and when I'm reading the Word of God, I must then begin to align my desires with the desires of the Lord. And when I begin to align my desires with with the the desires of God, I then begin to pray what God has put on the inside of me. Because his word declares it, that it's already true, 
that it's already mine. And so when I ask him for what he wants to give me, he has no problem with giving me what he's already promised. Does that make sense? What goes in must come out. So Jesus says this, remain in me and remain in my word and whatever you ask for. What are you asking for? You're asking for what he's already promised to give you. You're asking for what he's already promised to give you. And I mean, you got finances in this thing. You have freedom in this thing. You have purpose in here. You have the right relationships, uh, uh, directives on how to get those things in order in your life. And when you see those certain promises, those directives, those words, and you take them in and you say, Lord, I want what you want for me. I don't just want it, but I want it because you want it for me. God has no problem giving you those things. Now, let me show you this. Let me show you this. Let me show you. Let me show you. It's not going to go off, is it? You guys are awesome sound dudes. Give it up for production, everybody. <laughs> Y'all know I always talk about books and, and prayer journals and stuff. That's another thing. If you're on this 21-day fast, please, please do a prayer journal. Every year, Kyra and I do anywhere between 7 to 21 prayers for that particular year when we're fasting, okay? This yellow composition book is one of the journals I always tell you about. This book is six years old. This is the book I used to take outside during my lunch break when God gave me the vision for Highlight Church. This is when we were just dating, and I would call you, and I would say, babe, I think I got the name to the church. This is the book. Six years. You want your mind to be blown real quick? Like when you begin to pray what God wants for you? Okay, all right. It's enough spiritual platitudes. Let's show me something real, right? That's what we want. All this deep stuff, I don't get that. Show me something real. All right. Something real. Um, wow. And I always dated it. You should always date your prayers. God, God's not afraid of you dating your prayers. As a matter of fact, he wants to show you that he actually answered them. So this is April the 30th, 2012. And it says this. It says, Lord, comma. With no, in, with, with no indention, because this is a long paragraph. I totally felt language. It says this, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for your favor. Thank you for ordering my footsteps. That's in the book of Proverbs. It's another this reason why you got to learn the word of God, because God only responds to his word. He doesn't respond to, I want a Lamborghini. He responds to his word. So that's in Proverbs. I said this here, I love you and thank you for your favor. That's one word. It says this, thank you for ordering my footsteps. Father, help me to be patient through the help of the Holy Spirit. You can find that in Galatians 5. I look forward to the newness that each day brings. Rejoice, for today is the day that the Lord has made. I continue to place my hope and trust in you, dear God, as it concerns Highlight Church. This is in 2012, okay? Allow me to follow you step by step throughout these days. 
Help me, Lord, to love you properly and honor you with my life, my behavior, my decisions, and my speech. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength, okay? Help me. Now, I need help because I'm broken. I want to put you first. And I don't want anything to get in the way of that because if I allow anything to get in the way of that, I'm going to miss what you have for me. So I want to love you first and love you only because I know you got great things for me. And it says this here, continue to move on the inside of me. Help me to be humble yet direct and allow me to be meek and walk in humility with confidence. Empower me to live as a vessel of purity, not because I desire to be perfect, but as a reflection of your grace and the power of your salvation. You can live a pure life. You can put down alcohol. You can stop sleeping around. And you can experience the fulfillment that comes with living pure. You can. Because if you don't, you jeopardize what he has for you. You can do it. And so I went on to say this, give me a heart of flesh to marry and be the husband that will love my wife as Christ loved the church. So in 2012, I was still dealing with my flesh, even though I had been following Jesus for six years. But the spirit of God was speaking to the man I was becoming, not who I was. Now I got you. Now I got you. So, okay, here it is. It says this, help me, Lord, to submit to you so that I may have the ability to lead in perfect love so that I may see people's potential. Thank you, Lord, for Yakira. I pray that you continue to bless her and, and bring her up in a very powerful work that you have called us to. I love her, and she is a gift to me. Thank you for Yakira. Thank you for your Kyra, okay? I got some more. Y'all okay out there? We're going to go over a little bit. This is one I wanted to read. It says, Father, thank you for this dream and vision that you have placed on my heart. Thanks for the burden and the burn to reach those who have yet to encounter your love in a life-changing way. Highlight Church will be a church where all are welcomed. Young, vibrant, old, all, full of your presence, peace, and love. I desire for Highlight to be a place where you feel welcome to move as you please. And as Matthew 18:20 states, Highlight will be a place of pure joy. This was six years ago. Six years ago. Uh, Paul tells us in Timothy that it is God's desire that all men shall be saved. So when I align what I want, with what he wants, he has no problem with answering my prayers. All men shall be saved. All men shall be saved. And I want to encourage you with this last, as we go on to our next point. As you attach your wants to his wants, there's no limit to how much you can receive. But he's going to always want you to think about others first and less about you. You know how you break an addiction? You think about the person you need to become 
because others' lives are hanging in the balance. Seek what God wants. This is how you progress in life, y'all. Seek always what God wants for you. Ask for it and pursue it and remain and stay faithful and watch him move because he's good and because he's faithful. Seek what he wants for you. Seek him. Seek him. That's all God wants. The Spirit of God. The Bible says that he hovers and he looks to and fro to see who will say yes to his calling, to see who wants what he wants for them. And whenever they they open up their lives and they open up their hearts and they open up their, their privacy, whenever they open it all up to him, he just wants to pour it all out in their lives. He just wants to pour it all out. So if you want to progress in this life, you get in this word and you seek what he wants. Okay, God, you want purity from me. You want my worship. You want my finances. You want my tongue. You want me to forgive. You want me to love. You want me to volunteer here. What do you want from me? And then I'm going to ask for that. What do you want for me? I'm going to ask for that. I'm going to seek that. And you're going to give me everything that I'll ever ask because I want what you want. And when I want what you want, there's no limit to what I can receive from you. You have to ask for what he wants for you and seek it and you'll get it. And you can't put limits on God. Don't put, a, don't put an expiration date. God, I know you want this for me, so I know I'm going to get it by 2020. No, you're not. In heaven, I put 2025. And you know why you won't get it in 2020? Because you won't be ready to get it in 2020. I want to highlight church in 2014. He says, no, no, no. You won't start until 2016. Because you're not, I'm still processing you. Like we, we want this, and we want this, and we want this. And by the time we get it, if we're not the person to receive it, we're going to squander it. You lose it all. But if you allow him to process your character and your faith and your integrity, when you get it, you're going to be able to keep it and enjoy it and bless somebody else with it. Is that good? John 15, verse 8. Live to reflect. I'm sorry. No, don't do that. Here it is. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings me great, this brings great glory to my Father. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Last point today. We're going over a little bit. Sorry. Live to reflect God's glory. This is how you progress in life. You live to reflect God's glory. Oh, yeah, and these are other books that I filled up with prayers and stuff, so uh, six years old. Live to reflect God's glory. When you bear much fruit, um, I love fruit. We've kind of come to fall in love with fruit during this fast. <laughs> How many of us can't get full on the beans and the rice, man? It is, it is just annoying. Like, Jesus, can I get some meat? No, not yet. It's funny because this fruit 
is, um, God bless you. I love those kinds of sneezes. <coughs> they're, they're so cute. My goodness. The voice behind the pipe and drip. Jason, live. I got I to gotta work my way through this now. Okay. The mere existence of this fruit tells us that the tree that produced it exists. Um, and it's funny that when we go to pick fruit, we, we don't ever say, you know, we're going to the branches to pick fruit. We say we're going to the apple tree or we're going to the, the, the banana or the orange tree. And the branch doesn't always get a lot of glory. Um, the branch doesn't get the glory, and it's not really concerned with getting the glory. The branch is concerned with processing what the vine or the tree has put on the inside of it and producing it. And so Jesus is saying that I am the vine and you are the branch. And a branch is concerned with the glory of the tree. And so this is how it translates in your spiritual life. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are born again. That's what you call saving faith. Then you mature in your faith and you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. And as you're maturing, you get to the place where people are impacted by your faith in Christ. And their lives are changed. This is what Jesus refers to as fruit. When others' lives are changed by your faith. You remain in a very immature spot of your faith when your faith is just about you and your problems and your issues. But you, you, know, you, you know that you've leveled up in your walk with Jesus when life starts to become about others who don't know him. And so Jesus is giving this commission to his disciples because he's going to leave and thank God for them that they were obedient because now we're in this room. The fruit are those whose lives are changed because you are more concerned with being a branch than being the tree. But the great part about it is, is that you get to share in the joy of someone else's changed life because you are attached to the heart of the vine. And so the fruit, the fruit, God is calling you to live a life in a way that glorifies him. On the job, glorify the Lord. Glorify the Lord. There's a reason why your boss is the way he or she is. They're lacking something. Glorify the Lord in the environment of your home. I believe your house should be the cleanest environmental space in your life. Glorify the Lord. When people come over, they should say, oh, my goodness. This, oh, man, this is so peaceful. We get it all the time when people come into our house. This is just so, so clean and peaceful because we're intentional about glorifying the Lord. So that, so that when people come in, they're ministered to. Glorify the Lord in your studies. 
Don't be satisfied with a C or a B. Get the A. If you're an owner or an employer, glorify the Lord. Appreciate your employees. Buy them coffee. Buy them lunch. Give them gift cards. Do your business dealings honestly. Glorify the Lord. In this, you are my true disciples. I love Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says this. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You got work to do. That's why you have to break free. You have work to do. That's why you got to stop complaining. You have work to do. That's why 2018 can't be the same as 2017. You have work to do. That's why you got to get up early this year and go to bed late this year. You have work to do. You got work to do. Glorify the Lord. He has so much in store for you. Let's pray, church. Father, we love you this morning. We give you all the praise and the honor. We give you glory. Thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness. Give us the grace to progress and to grow as we remain in you. Help us, Lord, to tap into our God-given potential. Help us to seek what you want for us and to ask for it. Help us to glorify you every second of the day. Lord, we love you. With every head bowed, I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation. If you want to give your heart to Jesus today, if you want your sins to be forgiven, God loves you. Jesus died for you so that you would be free to become everything that God has called you to be. Every head bowed. If this be your prayer, pray it in your heart and raise your hand if you're coming to Christ. Father God, I love you. I believe that Jesus is your son. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me. And I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. Lord, I ask that you would give me the strength to tap into this potential that your word speaks of. And that I would live to glorify you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.